no offense to, to the startups, because I, I, I do love the startup world. What we see within venture capital and with a lot of pieces is they're looking for an easy exit. They're looking for a kind of a smaller solution, right? They're, it's, I always call them plus ones. I don't really get excited about the plus ones. Okay. I don't really get excited about you know one more feature of a CSPM or one more feature of you know pick your favorite piece of it. What we're always looking for, what we really get excited about, is that industry-changing technology. Right. It's that new thought. It's the new way of looking at the problem, because that's where the problems really get solved. The Genealogy of Cybersecurity is a new kind of podcast. Here we'll interview notable entrepreneurs, startup advising CISOs, venture capitalists, and more. Our topic? The problems of cybersecurity, new attack surfaces, and innovation across the startup world. Welcome. I'm your cybersecurity analyst, Paul Shomo. All right, we're going to have on Ashlyn Sisso, Bob Shooter. He's a startup advising CISO that is on the advisory board for Cyberstarts and Wild Ventures. And uh, just to catch those up who weren't following the enterprise browser announcements last year, I was really surprised little startups wanted to jump in to compete in the browser market. But I didn't notice that in 2019, Microsoft went on Google's Chromium open source code base. That, that opens the door for companies to build on top of that code base, which is going to render the web everywhere, which is going to be able to be installed on all devices. And the, the security idea behind it is it's very difficult if you're defending your cloud to push out agents or controls on all the devices reaching into your cloud. But it's easy to push out a web browser. It's easy to get your employees to install a web browser, browser even on their own personal devices. And once an enterprise browser registered to your company is on their device, then and only then can they reach your cloud and you can basically contain the data in the browser. So without further ado, let's listen to Ashlyn Sisso, Bob Shooter. Tell me about yourself. Many, many years in security now, it seems. Um, was there kind of at the early start when the U.S. government finally decided to you know, show some of the defense contractors what the heck's going on because they're mm -hmm. tired of losing data. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was with GE at the time, uh, became CISO of GE for the aviation and military business. Um, was at GE for nine years, and you know I was I was <laughs> kind of challenged with buying one of every product, mm -hmm. right? And so you know, what if we miss this thing because we have the wrong products, right? Guess what? Nothing at the time could could detect you know the attacks that we we're seeing. Uh, and a buddy of mine was challenged with, you know, what if the reason we missed it is because nothing can detect it, right? right. So go, go create your own platform. And sure enough, you know, they may be to the punch every time, right? So that, that's really kind of formed our understanding of, of what we're here for. Uh, so in 2013, moved on to Ashland and, and kind of created, recreated that mini, you know, innovation hub. I have a, a team that's outsourced that's looking at the normal I call it commercially available security. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I've got a team that's, that's looking at, at specifically what gets past that. We, we generate more threat intelligence than we consume from you know, all the other sources out there, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's about what's attacking us, not necessarily what's attacking the world. Uh, and, and how do you find those things that nothing else finds? It's been one that I've been trying to solve for a long time is how do we fix the industry and how do we, we help the industry actually get better at what they do and get faster at it. And what we find is just, you know, that the startup world is is where a lot of the innovation and, and new new attempts at, at 
you know, trying things differently are worth really happening. And, and then, so in regards to your, your work with the startup world, so you, you have like a uh, certain uh, venture capital firms you tend to prefer to work with. Yeah, I'm on the advisor committee for uh, both Cyber Starts and YL Ventures. You take part in when you, when you when you do those type of advisory advising capacities. Are you more coming in to like kind of do diligence on startups that they noticed, or are you you know brainstorming with uh, entrepreneurs or guiding products? What is that like? Yeah, Cyber Starts is a little bit different in that their sunrise process is really trying to formulate the idea of what they're trying to solve while they're still in stealth. Right. So most of the, the, the groups that I work with and, and talk to is really about, I've got an idea. Does that idea even have any type of merit <laughs> in the real world? Right. Yeah. Uh, before we, we, we come out of stealth and actually, you know, start creating products or things like that. So we, we get uh, an opportunity early on to see and, and to think about the space and think about what we're trying to solve mm-hmm. uh, and then put some thought into, okay, so what kind of products would even do that? You know, what, what does it need to do? Mm-hmm. And then we'll, we'll connect back with them and, you know, around the, the coming out of stealth and into series A type of rounds mm-hmm. um, to, to actually start creating the, you know, kind of the, the commercialization of the idea, right? So so with with Island on the enterprise browser side, were you involved uh, that early with, with that particular? Yeah. Um, yes and no. So they, they, they were a little bit different in that they already had a lot of good ideas of, of what the use cases might be. Mm-hmm. It was kind of fun that they, you know, the, the first slide they showed was, you know, enterprise browser. I'm like, I'm sorry, well, stop right there. Yeah. You're going to try and sell me an enterprise yeah. browser, you know, this thing that we all get for free, right? Yep. But uh, two or three slides into it, you know, I actually stopped them and said, well, guys, wait, you know, this is way bigger than you realize, right? Yeah. This is this is solving a lot more problems in a very unique way yeah. that it changes how we think about solving problems. Yeah. Right. I think that was a big, the big aha moment for me is, no, no, we, we can actually think about solving problems in a very, very intuitive, you know, it, it's already embedded into the app, you know, structure of the app workflow versus trying to strap things on. Right. Cause yeah. what we've always done is the applications out there, you know, it's a great application, but for one reason or another security is not built in. Right. So we're yeah. breaking it. We're putting things into it. We're injecting it. Yeah. Right. We're, we're trying to force it into this secure posture that if we actually control the browser, we don't have to do that for a lot of my apps. So, yeah, I saw I saw Talon at uh, the competition. I had the same reaction. I was like enterprise browser. But then um, for me, I, I actually wasn't wasn't paying attention that everything went on Chrome. Microsoft went on Chrome. So when I heard that, then all of a sudden the, the penny dropped. Right. Uh, so do, do you were there other were there other industries like I've heard people you know, comment that this is like um, the natural replacement for the failed industry of uh, DLP. Like, do you see other, <laughs> do, do you see something like that or, or other major categories that, that it, so, yeah. and that's why, I, and, and for me, it, it's disruptive in, in two different worlds, mm-hmm. right? So one world is the way we think about solving problems and the way we think of what we can solve has dramatically changed. Mm-hmm. The other world is just the technology world, right? So if you look at, you know, the obvious ones are DLP, CASB, you know, that type of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Being able to get that inspection point between the, the user and the outside world, awesome. Pretty straightforward. VDI, remote access, can really get disrupted here, right? Because a lot of the applications that we, we you know, publish in Citrix 
guys, I can do that through a private access type of thing. Yeah. VPN replacement, you know, kind of the SASE world, right? So, so SASE has kind of been disrupting that whole network security layer. I think this one is a disruptor for those components too. Um, but I also think, you know, there's a lot of oddball things. Once you own and be able to, to manipulate the presentation layer, hmm. you can do things like, you know, privacy. If I'm going to display yeah. a, a social security number, why would you do that? <laughs> yeah. Like, fuzz it out, shade it. You can still cut and paste it. You can still manipulate. You can still, you know, work with it, but you don't necessarily need to show it, right? Yeah. RPA. If you're gonna do a real, yeah, if, if, right now, if you look at our HR process, for example, it's Workday. Mm. It's benefits packages, right? And I'm in two different browsers or two different, you know, windows, cutting pasting from one to the other. Mm -hmm. Guys. If, if the browser already sees that, why do I need to do that? Why can't I do an RPA type of, of solution there to automatically cut and paste that for you, right? To have it just ready there. So you're not, you know, flipping back and forth between windows. Yeah. You know, so it's that type of stuff that I, I think absolutely it's, it's definitely going to be the DLP, the, the CASB world. Um, but I think as you think through those scenarios, I think that's part of what's unique about this thing. It's not one target it's not one industry it's yeah. not one use case even right um, it's just got a lot of different you know, opportunities that you can go after yeah for some reason i wasn't thinking there's a whole data masking you know category too that you're you're yeah. referring to and um i think i refer to it in, under the general category of core core it infrastructure in the cloud just changed right well even you know pam you know privilege access management right is you know so if it is and we're doing all these fire call ids or you know whatever you want to call it one-time passwords if i integrate that into the browser why does the user even need to see that password ever right right why can't i just have the 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 platform injected the browser injected for me yeah right and oh by the way i can capture that entire browser session so i can record everything they're doing i can see everything they're doing right i get full visibility into it and I can ensure that it's coming from, you know, this area that I want. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I, I, no, I like this one. As no, keep, you going, tell, keep, right? going, keep going. So from the, the, the interesting use case that we've got too is kind of twofold. One, it's certainly the, the BYOD side. Yeah. Right. So I, I can't tell you who's on it, but we got a lot of executives right. <laughs> doing all bring your own device. Yep. Right. Uh, and I think that's a great, great scenario for them uh, because I just need to load up this browser. Yeah. It's not an agent. It's not going to sit there and watch forever. Yeah. Right. When you need to access it, use the browser itself. The other piece of that, though, and you think about that is how many untrusted stuff do we have? Right. I came from a world where I had a lot of franchisees. Man, it'd be a great franchisee or a third party, we call mm -hmm. them tollers, right? Third party manufacturers or warehouses. Give them a browser. Right, a lot easier to install that. Mergers and acquisitions, and I can give you a browser. Are you guys okay with that? You know, yeah, definitely not an agent. Yeah, can't do agents, can't do connections, can't do all these things. But yeah, I'll do a browser. Right, yeah. and what's interesting when you own that piece of it, you can also control by app or by target what DNS you're using. What you know, you can you can in the middle of browsing change direction here. Right. So all of a sudden, you know, you can have applications that are only visible to this browser and nothing else. That's, good you know, that's kind of cool stuff. 
it's completely hidden unless you have the browser that's registered to this company registered to you right now all of a sudden it's visible and, and, and you can get to it yeah you i can tell you thought a, a lot about the implications of this because to be <laughs> honest um I, I i've now talked to two founders of two startups here and and uh, yeah. more than one pass on at least one of them and some of this stuff i don't think they were even talking about so this is good. yeah no it's just like i said it's it's when when i stopped uh you know the island guys and they're great guys right it's just yeah as you, you understand how big this oh, is and how yeah. much we can do now because we, we've been trying to solve a lot of these things forever so also the just the the idea that you can install a security control this easily any user can do it you don't need you know elevated privileges and it's it, it's amazing no one thought of this before and that, that's what that's what we all keep on saying like it's so obvious of course yeah. you do that yeah. you know, why wouldn't you put the inspection you know instead of breaking ssl you know trying to inspect then repackaging ssl and getting back out you know how much legacy stuff that breaks <laughs> you yeah. know how many apps that breaks you know it's great that you know all these SaaS providers are getting end-to-end -end encryption but all of our network scanning you know it's just it's more and more of it is going right by it because it's fully encrypted Good job on them. Yeah, absolutely. That's the right way to go. We get into that now. Obviously, you get in front of it, right? How so? How would you characterize? And I think you'd be an excellent person to characterize this. How would you characterize, you know, from a big picture, why data loss access controls have not really gotten the job done in the past? Uh, and. and as best as you can. I think you can probably do it. Right, exactly, man. That one's, a, yeah, that one's yeah. a tough one. Um, if you look at how we've been trying to do because the, there was always an argument as to whether that should be an endpoint control mm -hmm. or a network control or a host control yep. or a data control, right? And we've been, and, and there, there's limitations with each of those ways to look at and each of the ways to do that. Endpoint side, and it's a problem with really with all agents. You know, you, you're having to integrate into an OS that is constantly, constantly changing. So really getting control at that point has always been difficult. Getting control at the network layer has been tough because of the encryption pieces, right? Because the apps keep on and getting better security, which is awesome. So, you know, to me, it's, it's a little bit about you know, data is water. <laughs> as much as we could try to contain it, you know, it's constantly moving, it's constantly going. In the new world, as we're looking at, you know, more and more SaaS and more and more third parties and more and more pieces outside of your domain, right? I don't think the legacy platforms, if they've ever done well, do well in that new world where our boundaries aren't well-defined, right? Yeah. This is one of those first pieces that actually combines together the endpoint with the network all in a single spot, right? So that visibility and those controls all of a sudden, you know, are, are combined together. Uh, and you can talk about both of them at the same time. Oh, that was awesome. I knew you could do it. <laughs> that was a very <laughs> hard question. I don't know if that's, know if that's uh, right or wrong, but uh, no, no. Uh, you know, that, that's, it, it's, it's the the combination of all those things, the simplification of all those yeah. things that give us a fighting chance. Yeah, I think I think I think what you what you just said about combining the network and the endpoints and 
is is extremely profound too because the browser really is its own runtime environment it's it's not it's not called its own yeah. os yet but it's that's why i said browser to us is the new os yeah. you know it is the new we always call it secure edge right i'm like guys it was never secure edge it was the mm -hmm. secure network you know maybe yeah. you had an agent right this one to me is actually the, the final leg of it right it's the final piece of that secure edge vision which i i really believe in that vision we just never got to the actual end of it so how many do you, do you tend to focus on one area or do you do you get used for a lot of different startups or areas i mean you're, you're obviously a busy guy but i so no offense to, to the startups because I, I i do love the startup world what we see within venture capital and with a lot of pieces is they're looking for an easy exit they're looking for a kind of a smaller solution right there that's i always call them plus ones i don't really get excited about the plus ones okay i don't really get excited about you know one more feature of a cspm or one more feature of you know pick your favorite piece of it what we're always looking for what we really get excited about is that industry changing technology right it's that new thought. It's the new way of looking at the problem because that's where the problems really get solved, right? That's yeah. where the industry really moves forward. And I think the enterprise browser is one of those first ones that I got to see, mm -hmm. right? And I'm like, no, that's, that's different. Yeah. You know, that's a whole different way of thinking about mm -hmm. it. Being there at the start of a new mm -hmm. industry, a new you know, feature, it's a new capability. Yeah. That's the interesting pieces. Yeah, there is something about that. And uh, when you're the first to recognize someone's genius idea, there's kind of a bond, you have a relationship going forward that yeah. you, you recognize me first kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that's been, that has been interesting to me, let's see what we've got in time. Um, so the, in the cloud, uh, the cloud workloads, getting visibility into those has been a big issue. Uh, agent deployment, they're, they're ephemeral, they're high availability. Agents use CPU, been tough. Um, uh, monitoring network traffic, the, you know, the, the yeah. utilities want to charge you for a copy of the metadata. Um, so they're expensive. And so for those reasons, it, it, there hasn't been like a universal, you know, EDR or something like that. Um, so I was quite curious. I don't know if you got a chance to look into Cato security at all, but, but they can, their concept was, um, you can get a point in time image of workloads in the cloud, like, cause that's what the cloud does. Like it stops and starts images. So images of disk yeah. and memory and make sure they go on the right computing components. And so their, their thing was, well, we can do offline forensics on those even high availability servers without putting something inside, which we'll is work on the, the offline image. So that's one kind of area I'm writing about. And then I'm writing up the broad automation space. And I'm curious if you have any comments on that or automation or what do you think? So, so just as two side comments, yep. um, because it's something that, that I've been wanting to solve forever is if you look at what we call cloud security right now, it's not security, mm -hmm. right? It's cloud governance, it's cloud compliance, right? It's making sure that you set the cloud up properly. And, and that's where I, I keep on waiting. There, there's, there's a new startup that's actually looking at trying to do cloud detection and response. Mm -hmm. Right, so if you set it all up correctly and you have least privilege and you have all these right things, mm -hmm. can you actually do detection of an attack that isn't going outside the boundaries of a, of a you know a misconfigured you know instance, for example? Right, that's interesting to me. I think that's going to be a, a big piece as we move out of you know all these legacy data centers. Is is how do you start detecting things actually happening? Yeah, the offline forensics piece is interesting. I haven't heard that one yet. Okay. Um, 
that one that, that there could be something there yet of because again how, how do you do the forensic piece of it after the fact um, but yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in, in how do you detect it early on? So, so, so right. they, there would be, it, this would be more the DNA, the, the response. Uh, so you'd have right. some, you would know some, there was some alert and then you would say, okay, give me the, the image, right. Pop it off. Right. Right, now, right around that time. Then look at it as part of your response, but you get the deep access inside. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But automation, so our, our, our piece on automation, uh, so we, we've, we did Sora before Sora was a thing. Um, mm -hmm. The idea that we have behind it is, again, we, we, we automate absolutely everything that the analyst is going to need to do and need to be able to see, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm paying very, very you know, expensive analysts to do great things, not to go gather you know, logs and data off of platforms, mm -hmm. right? So all of our platforms, you know, we'll, we'll feed in, do all of the upfront work for you, you know, pop up a alert, give you the understanding of, of what's the fidelity of that alert. How many times is it false positive? What's the effectiveness and efficiency of that alert? Um, how well can you believe it? You know, show you all the PCAPs, show you all the sandbox output, show you all, you know, everything that you possibly can. But I'm still a big believer in that the human capability to de determine what's real or what's not. Mm -hmm is still a very, very important piece of it. Yeah. Right. So you gather up as much as possible. You show it all to the person he says, or she says, yeah, yes, no. Right. Yeah. And then automate the living heck out of everything after that. <laughs> yeah. So one button containment, one button sandboxing, one button, uh, uh, honey pots, you know, whatever you need to have after that. Um, so I'm not a big one yet on, on automating all the way through. Okay. Um, but I still believe in, in, in putting a human into the mix but just at the right spot. Well, that was Ashlyn Sisso, Bob Shooter. You can reach him on LinkedIn.